0: Let's go ahead and and, uh, get into the Word, and I want to pray over this uh, message first. This is, I believe this is something that God wants to speak to your heart, so listen with your spiritual ears. Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share the Word of God. Father, your Word is true, it's tested, it's light, and it's life. So, Father, I thank you for your anointing on me to, to speak out what you have on your heart, and we declare that everyone has ears to hear and heart to receive what the Spirit of God has to say to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this morning, Pastor, Pastor David had a message entitled, God wants to bless you. And it was, and I encourage you, if you, if you missed it, go back and, and you can still watch it on, on the internet. Uh, if you did hear it hear it again because it's it's a very good message but we know god wants to bless us at least we know it in our mind but there're still people that that say yeah i know the bible says that but uh, let's be honest look at my life i mean uh, you know nothing good ever happens to me i'm i'm always in the wrong place at the wrong time uh If I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, that's part of why you are where you are. If those are the things that are coming out of your mouth, and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. You know, when I was growing up, I heard all the time that we are poor, we never had anything, and we will never have anything. Thank God I got away from that and and got some word of faith in me to know that the promises of God can be mine. But it's not automatic. And we're gonna, we're gonna touch on that a bit tonight. And, and again, don't let these things be just old Bible stories to you. Because sometimes you can sit and listen and nod your head and, but the Bible is God speaking to you. And, and treat it like that, especially right now. The the title of the message tonight is Calling Things That Are Not As Though They Are. Calling things that are not as though they are. And I know some people are rolling around, okay, here we go again. We're going to talk about saying things that aren't really true. No, that's not what we're talking about. Think about this. What if everything you said happened immediately? Why? I'm so glad it doesn't. You know, I'd like it to for the good things that I say, but how about, oh, you're such an idiot, and all of a sudden they become an idiot and can't, you know, just, I know probably none of you have ever done this, but I have, even under my breath, said things in my car that the person in the other car couldn't possibly hear, but it was not the right thing to say. It was not a blessing to that person because he cut me off. And so uh sometimes I I have slipped and I'm I'm just because I'm teaching these things doesn't mean I've got them all conquered. I'm still working on some things. But uh, I I want to go to uh, Romans chapter 4 and uh let's let's look at uh starting in verse 13. In Romans chapter 4, verse 13, it says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Put this together with Pastor David's message this morning. God wants to bless you. Okay? Then uh, go down to verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God calls things that don't even exist as though they did exist. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna look at that. Back in verse 13, it talks about the promise. That promise of being heir of the world. Okay? It's, it's not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Righteousness Speaks the language of faith, faith has its own language, and that 's what we need to learn uh, if you want to pick up a second language. this is a good one to do uh, the The language of faith it 's not the language of doubt and unbelief of nothing good ever happens to me. No, we need to change that then verse sixteen it says it reminds us that the promise is not just to Abraham. And to his physical descendants, but to Abraham and his seed. Now, you'll get more excited about that when you realize that Galatians 3.29 says that if you are Christ's, and if you're Christ, you're there, if you're Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise here in Romans 4, that we would be heirs of the world. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but it's a pretty big thing in my mind. Heirs to the world, but it's not going to happen just because it says it in the Bible. We have to learn to act on the Word of God to be doers of the Word, not just hearers. It's a result of obeying the Word of God. Righteousness will win. Regardless of what you might see on the on the news, righteousness will win. And right now there's a clear division between righteousness and evil. And righteousness will win no matter what it might look like otherwise. Romans 4, verse 17, we we read, it said, I have made you a father of many nations. This was talking to Abraham. And if you know the story at all, you know that Abraham wasn't a father of anything at that point. But God called him a father of many nations. God calls things that are not as though they already are. God said, I've already done it. And and you see that through many of the promises of God. He's already done it. Jesus went to the cross. It's already been done for what we have today. Abraham was 75 years old. In fact, he was Abram at that point. He was 75 years old when he received that promise. But he was 99 years old before it was even evident in the physical realm. God even caused Abraham to hear that promise later on every day when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations or father of multitudes. And this is where a lot of Christians start to miss what God has for them. They know Abraham is the father of faith. And, and we sometimes think that all these faith giants that we read about in the Bible... They just, they just pray once and kaboom. There it is. The answer is there. And that's not the way it works. It didn't work that way for Abraham. Didn't work that way for Moses. Certainly didn't work that way for Paul. And it's not going to work that way for you until you develop a little bit in, in some things. And even then, Abraham was willing to wait 25 years for his promise to be fulfilled. The Bible says he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief and and that's where we get into trouble we if we have to wait for uh, a week for something to to be manifest oh, maybe god didn't hear me maybe god doesn't want to bless me maybe no be be more be more diligent than that to to believe and and stay with what god's promised um uh, there are battles we still have to fight. And and even though God has already given us the victory, you know, you look at the children of Israel. He, he brought them out of Israel. They still had to go through some things. And they had some successes and they had some big time failures. But God's promise never changed. And they eventually, well, Joshua and Caleb got into the promised land and the children of Israel got into the promised land but not the same ones that first got to the river and, and wouldn't go across. So, uh, you know, when Jesus, Jesus in Mark 4, now I've taught Mark 4 here, so I won't go into it, but uh remember Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. The storm came up. Jesus got up and, and stilled the storm. He spoke to the storm. The storm, it says, there was a great calm. And then He looked at the disciples and He said, where is your faith? You know, where is your faith? So they had some storms they had to go through. They they didn't have it all figured out. They, and these were guys that spent every day all the time with Jesus for two or three years most of the time. So uh, think about, you know, God called things that are not as though they are. He did that with Abraham, but he's not the only one. I think of, of Gideon. In Judges, the, the sixth chapter, you know, the story of Gideon is so interesting because the, the angel comes to Gideon and calls him a mighty man of valor. And, and, but he was hiding. He was, he was, uh, threshing grain in the, in the wine press so that the enemy wouldn't see him. And everything God told him to do, well, let's, okay, let's put this fleece out here. And if it's wet tonight, and the ground is dry, then i'll know it's you okay, that worked let's try it this way, God now, if it's dry this time uh now let's see if can you do it this way. everything he did he he just he didn't seem like much of a mighty man of valor until finally he overheard the enemy talking about how how big and bad these these this Israeli army was, and then he finally started to get some some uh chutzpah to go in and, and take over and, and do what God called me to do. A lot of these giants that we read about in the New Testament, I'm talking about giants of faith, not not uh, the giants like Goliath, but the, the giants of faith, if you look at them in only in the Old Testament, they look like they really messed it up. They they look like failures in a lot of ways. But you go in into the that the hall of fame of faith, and you see it doesn't say anything about Gideon not not being anything but a mighty man of valor, so uh, that god God calls us the way he sees us, and we need to start calling ourselves the way God sees us, and sometimes that just it's hard to wrap your mind around that, but if God says it. Why am I doubting God? Why am I telling God that what His Word says doesn't apply to me? That's what we need to get into. It. We need to know that what God says about about us. You know, Joel Osteen, not Joel John Osteen, the dad, used to open every service with uh holding up their by every had everybody hold up their Bible. This is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I have. I. I can be what it says I can be. Tonight I'm going to be taught the Word of God and my life will never be the same. Never, never, never. Okay? And, and that's, that's the kind of thing that we need to hear ourselves telling ourselves more than just once because faith comes how? By hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Not by just I heard it once and I got it. Uh, you know, you think of creation. Now God created with words. God, we are created in the image of God. And one of the things that we can do that God does is, is we can choose the words we speak and speak them out. The problem is sometimes we get into these habits of, of choosing to speak the wrong words and we've spoken them so long we don't even realize that we're speaking against What the word of God says. And, and that, that's something that if we want to, for God to bless us and, and walk in the blessings of God, be who God called us to be, those things have got to change. And it changes with our, with our mouth. You know, when God looked out over, over the vast nothingness and, and he said, let there be light. And there was light. And, you know, it's a good thing some people I know, didn't look; weren't there when that happened. Because they'd look out and say, "Whoo, it's dark out there. I, I don't know if we can ever get any light turned on out there." You know that God calls things that are not as though they are. He called light out of darkness. Calls something that's not there as though it is there, and it and it becomes there. You know, and and Ephesians five one says that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. And, and you know, if you just skim by that, you miss it. Well, what does that mean? That means we should be doing the same kinds of things that God did, that God still does. You know, Jesus said that He didn't do anything unless He saw the Father do it. That's being an imitator. As, as dear children. But, uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. The question is, what, what are you confessing? What is Jesus high priest of in your life? You know, is he, is he high priest over, uh, your sickness, your pain, your, your defeat, your lack? Or is he, High Priest over your victory over your 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 um, victory <laughs> there's a better word I was looking for, but it, it went away it'll come back later um, James chapter one book of james is is amazing you know we could spend the whole night there we won't but James chapter one verse twenty six says if anyone among you thinks he is religious. And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. And, and James goes on to talk about the, the things that our tongue controls and, and what it's like the horse. It's like the ship. It's like this. It's like that. But he's basically, he's saying if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. And then in verse, verse 10, he says, out of the same, or we're in James chapter three, in verse ten, he says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Blessing and cursing, you're just canceling each other out. You if you, you need Jesus Jesus said you need to be either hot or cold, or I'll I'll spit you out of my mouth. Um one of the things that man does that that just causes a lot of problems is we are inconsistent with the things we allow to come out of our mouth god doesn't change he's consistent and satan cannot deal with consistency it it drives him crazy well, he's already crazy but but uh, being being consistent is is just not something he's able to deal with Jesus was consistent. Like I said, I only do what I see the Father do, I only say what I hear the Father say. People people hear this and they think, well, you mean I have to watch every word that comes out of my mouth? Well, God gave you the freedom to use your mouth any way you want to. But Matthew in Matthew 12:36 says that in the day of judgment we will have to give account for every idle word that we speak. And an idle word is a word that does not line up with the Word of God. Most Christians just don't speak right. And and uh, it's you know it's easy to call things that are what they are. Joel three ten. I think uh, Pastor Scarlet mentioned it this morning. Let the weak say, I am strong. Well, if you're weak, how can you say I am strong? Isn't that lying? No, it's calling on the Word of God. It's calling things that are not as though they are. It's building, it's being, creating something within you. It's amazing how people can build faith in other areas using the same principles, but, but go the opposite direction when it comes to healing and, and finances and, and prosperity. Uh, you know, healing, I, you know, I know as soon as I can get to a doctor, I'll be okay. Well, I'm I'm not against doctors. I'm for doctors. But they'll make fun of you for believing the Bible because of what they're going through. Thank God for doctors. God wants you well. Um, The woman with the issue of blood in in Mark 5, and and she's also in in, uh, Matthew and Luke, but you you remember she she had this issue of blood for 12 years. And it says she suffered many things of of many physicians. But... uh, Without going through that, that whole story, it says she heard about Jesus, she came behind in the press, which was illegal, she was out there illegal, illegally, and verse 28 in Mark chapter 5 says, for she said, she said, if only I could touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That was her way of calling something that was not, she was not well, but she saw a way to get well, and, and in fact, uh, there are other translations that said, that says, she had been saying. She just didn't wake up one morning and say, I think I'll go touch Jesus' clothes and then I'll get well. No, she had been saying, she had been building faith in what she was about to do. And when she did that, and Jesus sensed that power had gone out from him, he said, somebody touched me. He knew that there was, there was a draw from from what he had in him, and he told her eventually, daughter, it's a good thing you you came when you did because I'm the son of God, and that's the only way you could have been healed. No, no, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Your faith. You calling things that are not as though they are, and uh, said she she was healed. If if you don't have the word the word of God in your mouth, you'll have something else in your mouth. And and the Bible is filled with scriptures concerning the power of words, God's words, and your words. And I'm, I'm gonna go through these uh, you can write them down, uh, I don't I don't think you need to, to look at them right now. I want you to listen to these. Proverbs six verse two says you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 10, 11, 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Ooh, look at the news now. Think of that. Verse 19 of the same chapter. Uh, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Uh, I've heard it said. It's, it's better to... Uh, Keep your mouth shut and have people think you're, you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Okay. Proverbs 12, verse 6. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Verse 18 of, of uh, Proverbs 12. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs 13, verse 2 and 3. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. The fruit of his mouth. Think of that. But the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. Your your mouth produces fruit. What kind of fruit are we producing? Verse 3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. That he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs 15 verse 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The heart of the righteous, verse 28, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil. Proverbs 16 verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Proverbs 18, probably the most popular, most famous one of of all this about the power of words. Verse 20 says, A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. There's the fruit of your mouth again. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. And listen, it, it can't be... Yeah, that's that's good. I think I'll try that. Trying it isn't going to get it done. It has to be a lifestyle. You have to be uh you 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 have the ability and and the free will to choose the words that you speak. If you've been choosing and speaking the wrong words, it may take some mind renewal and some practice to get back into speaking what what agrees with the word of God. I I want to look at Revelation Chapter 5 and verse 10. It says, and and I'm condensing a lot of this, but it says, And have made us kings and priests to our God. We shall reign on the earth. What what did we we read right at first? We read about uh, the the promise to be heirs of the world. Being a king is getting pretty close to that. Okay. Just think about it. being kings and priests. We shall reign on the earth. Let that sink in. Let that be part of of how you're thinking about yourself. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, "For if By one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus, being a king, being reigning. Hmm. How how does a king rule? Think about it. Uh, if if a king wants to repave the parking lot, the king doesn't go get on his dirty work clothes and grab a wheelbarrow and a shovel and go down and 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 start work. No, the king sits on his throne his scepter this is my scepter and he decrees what should be done let there be new paving in our parking lot that's how king that's how a king works with his mouth the king decrees let there be a party in the kingdom tonight And the people that are hearing that create the whatever they need to put together to have the party, to do the parking lot. Kings reign with their words. And God has always operated that way. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus was his son, and Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. We've been raised up with Him and made to sit with Him in heavenly places. The challenge is for us to believe that. To actually see ourselves in that situation. Well, I, I, I'm so humble and I don't deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. But it's there. You can. He did it for you. Um, you know, that's why... Paul said in Ephesians that the eyes of their understanding be opened so that they can see the hope of their calling you can change your destiny you can change your future it's here it's in your mouth Ecclesiastes verse 8 and verse 4 or chapter 8 verse 4 says where the word of the king is there is power If I'm a king and priest, there is power in my words. We have been made to sit with him in heavenly places. Now, also understand, as a king, you do not have unlimited authority in the whole world. Your authority is in your kingdom. Your life is where your kingdom is. You can't exercise authority in someone else's kingdom. Ooh, I see that uh, that good-looking chick in the back row there. I decree that she's going to be my wife. No, that's that's not exercising your kingship. Okay. Um, nobody's words have more power in your life than your words, because you are the one you hear more than anyone else, and you believe you more than you believe. At least you should. You better believe you but more than you believe other people. Mark chapter 11, we can't have a, any lesson on faith without Mark chapter 11. And Mark chapter 11, uh, Jesus had just cursed the fig tree. And in verse 22, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. That's the best place to start. Your faith is in God. Your, your faith is not in your ability to do anything. Because God says, without me you can do nothing. So verse 23 says, For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things, he says, will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, Whatever things, whatever things... You ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In other words, you don't have it. You're calling something that is not as though it is. Okay. In verse 23 it says, whoever says to this mountain, can we speak to mountains? Mountains are... Problems, obstacles in our lives, and and we need to be speaking to them. Most people talk about the mountain. They complain about the mountain. They complain about the the bill, the the thing that's going through the the legislature right now, or whatever it is that's, that is bugging you in your life right now. It's it's that's a mountain, and you need to speak to it, not about it. So. In, uh, in Luke, he called, instead of a mountain, he said, uh, Luke 17, verse 6, he says, he, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the tree, and it would obey you. Angels and demons are looking for a legal right to move on your behalf one of them wants to help you one of them wants to hurt you but uh, they they're waiting for you to say something that they can act on and and for the demons let them wait they you know you don't need to feed them um in proverbs 103 uh this is in New King James. This says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. That's why your word needs to agree with His words. Because the angels don't come just because I say angels come and go to work. They need to know that I am speaking in agreement with the word of God. Then in Hebrews, talking about angels still. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will merit salvation? Now, Psalm 103 in the New Living Translation, it says, praise the Lord, you angels of His, you mighty creatures, who they are mighty creatures too, uh, listening for each of His commands. Verse 21, yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve Him and do his will. Angels are not fat little naked babies. Okay, angels are, are, now there are different classes of angels. I personally have not seen an angel. My wife Marta has. And they were there the night I was born again. And, and they are, when, when an angel comes, the first thing he's, as far as I know, every time the first words out of his mouth are, fear not. <laughs> Don't be afraid. For somebody to say that you know a little naked baby come in, fear not you know that's that's not you know you'd laugh at that but uh a a real angel a, a warring looking angel is something that you could you know if he didn't introduce himself properly, you could get in some fear so uh job twenty two it it says in verse twenty eight says you will decree or declare a thing and it will be established for you. That's what we're talking about when the king sits on his throne with his scepter in his hand. He decrees things. Uh, when God called Abraham father of nations, was God lying? I mean, Abraham didn't have any children. Didn't look like he could ever have any children. uh you know sarah couldn't have children when she was in her 20s let alone now she's in her 80s and in her 90s and uh, it it just didn't look good but god god called things that were not as though they were but it took some cooperation from abraham and sarah um and calling things that are not as though they are is not the same thing as lying it's lying to say i'm not sick when you're sick. You know, it's it's what you do is you deny the right of any sickness to be in your body. That's that's a whole different thing. You speak the word of God over whatever it is that's is trying to attack you. There's a difference between calling things that are not and telling a lie. You're not trying to convince anybody else that your needs are are met according to God's riches and glory by Christ Jesus we say it for our own benefit what holds us back is is people have, uh satan has deceived people into calling things the way they are especially when it comes to lack uh sickness disease people want to call things the way they are because that's the, the easy thing to do it's it's obvious i can see it i can feel it i can it it's bothering me so i call it the way it is i just have to Call it the way it is, brother Dan. Well, you need to start calling it the way God calls it. Call things that are not as though they are. Charles Capps had one of the best illustrations of this when he talked about calling the dog. And some I know other preachers have used this, but I think it originated with Brother Caps, who's who's in heaven now. But he said, you know, somebody who thinks this way, you go out on your porch and the dog's not there. And you don't believe in calling things that are not as though they are. So, but the cat's there. So you're there. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. And your neighbor comes and says, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm calling, I want the dog to come, but the cat's here. So I'm calling, I'm calling the cat because I can see the cat. And, you know, it, that makes as much sense as, as the other things that we're talking about. If you want the dog, you call something that's not there. To come to where you are, and when you call things that are not as though as though they are, you have a creative power within you to do that. Um, and again, what uh, you know, we wrote, know that Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And of course, every time I teach this, I, I point out that it's it's an ongoing thing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. You know, uh, Mike Lindell knows this. How many of you know Mike lindell Mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. Those Giza, Giza sheets are the best sheets in the world. You know? And and he's if you watch Fox News much, you see Mike Glendell more than you see Hannity or any of those guys. But but that's that's he's constantly feeding you with that because eventually you're going to think, oh, those must be good sheets. I just wish they weren't so expensive. Um but don't undo your prayers with your words. You don't just go to one meeting and get prayed for and, and that's it. You have to make your your mind up that this is my lifestyle. I will do this for the rest of my life. Now, you will be criticized by religious people. Be, be ready for that. Even though they do the same thing in other areas of their life, they will criticize you for trying to, to do uh, a biblical, uh, foundation to the things that you say, uh, but you need to, you need to do it. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you that it's, it's going to work for you the, that way the first time. Uh, but if you're consistent, remember Satan can't deal with consistency. If you're consistent with it, you will see results. You now I think I, I've probably told you about the, the building that we, first bought in in budapest that became our bible school we we spoke to that building we called that building was farthest from our mind as far as something that we would have it was for the ministry not necessarily my ministry but we called it uh marta had 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 in her heart for a certain kind of car can i tell them it was a mercedes she wanted a mercedes and for 10 years when she would see someone with a mercedes she did not say, why do they get a Mercedes? And I'm driving this stupid old Maverick, you know? Uh, I remember Mavericks? Um, but, but she, no, what she would say was, ah, there's, there's, that's a good, bless him Lord, mine's coming. Bless him Lord, mine's coming. And ten years later, it came. And I, I don't have time to go into the whole thing. It was a miraculous thing, how, how she got her Mercedes. For just a ridiculous price, it was even the right color. The whole thing—it was a beautiful car. Uh, but then, when we went to the mission field, we blessed someone with that with that vehicle. Um, when we lived in Budapest before we came back to the states, we called buildings sold that it was impossible to sell because it was the market had gone crazy in our favor. So they were worth, or they were asking, I don't know if they were worth anymore, but they were costing more to buy and people weren't buying because we had a couple of big properties and people wanted little ones because they're cheaper and, and the whole thing. But, uh, they sold just quicker than we were ready for them to sell. Totally. We sold a building that they couldn't even get in. They, there were boxes stacked up. We had done somebody a favor. You couldn't even get in this building. We had a sign in the window, and a guy from Denmark comes in and and sees the sign, looks at it. He can't even see the whole building, and he says, "Well, is there a window over there?" "Yeah, there's a window. That's where the sign. Went. Oh yeah, that's right." He bought it. And and we there was another building that uh, a lady from um, where was she from? Ireland. Ireland bought that we were living in. And we we put it up for sale thinking it was going to take at least a year. She bought it within like two weeks after we put it on the market. Now we've got to find another place to live. And and we've got Marta's mom living with us. We're going to have to move everything. Oh, Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. And the lady says, finally, when we're settling everything, I, I have a kind of funny request. I can't live here for at least another year. Would you be willing to stay here? And I won't charge you any rent. You just pay the utilities and whatever. And we stayed there till it was time to come back to the states and not having to pay rent, just paying the, the lights and electricity and things. Uh, that's, that's what calling things that are not as though they were. And, uh, you know, we say things every day, like I am blessed coming in, blessed going out. Everything my hand finds to do prospers. We've been made to sit in heavenly places with Him. Oh, I'm just getting started on this message, but uh, it's an hour of power, not two hours of power. So, But let's let's pray. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we've heard Your Word. Lord, we thank You that we are in the right place at the right time. All the time. Lord, the entrance of your word brings light. And Father, we thank you that uh, we we commit to be doers of your word, not just hearers. Lord, we are your sheep. We are your children. We hear your voice. And Father, we thank you that uh, the enemy has no power over us because greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Jesus name we have what the word says we have we can do what the word says we can do and we thank you father for for your blessings to be upon us that you desire to bless your children father we thank you that we can we can help that by renewing our minds to what the word of god says about who we are and what you have for us we thank you for it father We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name, amen.